Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? You excited to be here today? Man, it's a good day. Tigers won yesterday. Go Tigers. Uh, weather's beautiful. It is actually, we had some, some cool weather yesterday for about 22 minutes. And, uh, but it's all, like Jeremy said, we'll take what we can get here in South Louisiana. And it's just good to be able to be here today and to worship the Lord together. I want to take a quick moment and welcome you if you're here today as a guest. Uh, what a privilege to have you join us as part of our services today. And then also I want to take a moment to greet everybody who is joining us online right now and watching the services we are streaming at Journey Church. Can we give our online viewers a great big Journey Church welcome this morning? I love it. Now, uh, one of the things I want to ask you to do today, guys, when you came in, you got one of these really cool cards, all right? I need you to take this home, invite somebody to come out with you to our Journeyman's Night. We do this once a year. It is going to be on November the 10th, and usually we have several hundred guys here uh, just having a great evening. The guy who's going to speak that evening, his name is Garrett Unklebach. Isn't that a cool name? I told the guys, it sounds like he's a rapper, some Unklebach, you know, I'm just like whatever. They're like, where do you come up with that? I'm like, I don't know. But uh, here's the thing. He's a former Navy SEAL, served for quite some time, and he's got a great message he's going to give us that night. Going to have a lot of fun, uh, great food, lots of giveaways. One of the things we're giving away is a Winchester 30-06, and it has a a very nice vector scope on it, and so you might win it. So uh, take that card, invite somebody to come with you, and we're going to have a great night. And then I do want to give you all a quick update on our campus over in Watson. Uh, Lots of y'all are participating in the One for Watson program. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in that. One dollar a day for one year, which goes towards the rehab of that campus over there. And uh, things are moving along quickly. I'm shocked at how fast things are moving on over there. We got two, actually the building is in two portions, the auditorium portion and the classroom and foyer portion. And this past week, they actually uh, did the first coat of painting on the classroom and foyer section and are moving from there into the auditorium. So things are clicking along and it is happening. And if everything goes pretty smooth, we should be launching that campus uh, spring of 2020. And so lots of things happening over there. Need you guys continue to pray for that community and pray for that campus as we move forward with construction. Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be awesome. Because we're going to reach a lot of people over in that community. Now, you might be watching the video on the screen and say, what is up with this series? Well, here's what this series is all about. Uh, You guys know that if you take something that is impure and run it through a filter, it brings purity to it. And so we live in a world that is constantly pouring all types of things into our lives. We've got opinions and attitudes and ideas and relationships and all these things that the world pours into us. And the question is, what is the filter for our life? What is it that we are applying in our life to help uh, take the impurities out? Because here's the cool part. God has given us tons of filters, but a lot of times we actually overlook these filters. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, this past week, Stacy and I, we were up in Georgia. Did y'all enjoy my friend Jay Miller? Didn't he do a great job? I heard lots of great stuff 
off of his message. He's a big old guy. Just want y'all to know. You may not have realized he's six foot five, uh, you know, two hundred and seven pounds. Uh, but he he's a big old fella like me, and he's just a great guy. Been a very dear friend. He and his wife of ours for for many many years. But we were in Georgia last week. And we were having a great time up there with our friends Clint and Melanie. We're overseers for their church. Just go up every couple of years to check on them. And I got to tell you what, we were there last Sunday morning enjoying their church family. And the, the bad news was Georgia lost last weekend, y'all. Y'all know that. But the Tigers won, okay? And so here's the deal. Go Tigers. It wasn't a good environment to yell that. Uh, and I started to do, you know, do a little chant about Georgia overrated. No, I'm sorry, well, it's not going to do that, all right? But uh, anyway, we were there having a great time. But the town that they live in, great family, great church, great community, but it's very rural, okay? It's like dry prong on steroids, y'all, okay? And it's like, out, if you go to the middle of nowhere, keep going. And you're going to eventually get there. But we love going out there and, and hanging out and... Uh, they don't even have a hotel. They had a bed and breakfast that they put us up in. Great place that uh, Kathy and Bob always take care of us at the bed and breakfast. And while we're there, I, I had a, a, a kind of an illustration for this message. There was another guest in the bed and breakfast. Well, I walked into the little area where the coffee and stuff is, and, and he was making a pot of coffee. And, and I'm like, hey, how you doing, buddy? He's like, well, I ain't doing so good right now. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, I turned and look, and there's coffee like running all over the place, y'all. It's on the floor. It's all over the counters, everywhere. And I'm like, well, what, what's happening here? He's like, I, I don't know. This coffee pot's complicated. I'm like, it's a Mr. Coffee, you know? It's like, and so I, I, I said, flip the lid up and said, well, there's your problem. You didn't put a filter in here. And he said, oh, you need a filter? And I'm like, well, let me just say this. Sometimes I can be sarcastic, okay? In this moment, I decided to let the love of Jesus shine through, Okay. And I'm just like, you know, what I wanted to say was, yes, this coffee pot and every other one created, but I did not. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to get this mess cleaned up and we're going to fix this a pot of coffee and everything's going to be okay. And here's the thing. A lot of times we go through life and we think, oh, you need a filter. And let me say this to you in this world. Yes, we need a filter. And so we're going to talk about filters, and, and it's basically the fundamentals of the faith. We're going to talk about uh, how do I study my Bible and really get it in my heart? Uh, how do I apply it to my life? Uh, we're, we're going to take one Sunday, we're going to talk about fasting. We look at uh, in Scripture, and we think, well, well, fasting is for like those Christians who are like super Christians, you know? Well, fasting actually is for all of us in the body of Christ, and it's a great filter for our lives. Uh, we're actually going to talk about worship. You know, is worship just singing a song on Sunday morning? Well, we're going to get a little bit more in depth with that and talk about that and see how that can be a filter to us. Uh, and today, we're going to talk about prayer. I decided to start with prayer, and we're going to start the message this Sunday on prayer, and we're going to finish it next Sunday on prayer. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what is God looking for in my prayer time, in my heart, whenever I pray. And the next Sunday, we're going to go a little bit more practical and, and talk about the practical side of prayer. And I, I love when you think about prayer, I don't know what you think about, but there's some questions for you. When you pray, do you pray out of desperation? What does your prayer life look like? Do you have a prayer life where you just pray over your food, you know? You know, Lord, thank you for these french fries. In Jesus' name, amen, you know? 
Is it real fast? Do you pray a long prayer? Do you pray a short prayer? What does it really look like? And i got to be honest with you. Whenever I think about prayer, uh, well, here lately, whenever I think about prayer, you know what I think about? Tacos. Because uh, tacos are amazing, okay? And, and I know you're, you're thinking like, Pastor Jay, here you go with the food thing again, okay? Mexican restaurant's going to be full after this service, all right? But here's the deal. The reason why I think about tacos whenever I think about prayer is because the staff and I, we went out uh, several months back and we were at a, a restaurant. We were having Taco Tuesday. And I looked around and everybody at that table had gotten tacos, but all the tacos looked different, okay? You had some people who had gotten fish tacos. Some people got, had gotten chicken tacos. Some people had gotten the tacos really doctored up with sour cream and tomatoes and jalapenos. Some people just got them plain. Meat, cheese, and tortilla. For me, I decided to really just go wild, and I got the lettuce roll tacos, okay? Because I did too many carbs in the tortilla shell. Bring me some lettuce because that's how I roll, okay? Get it, lettuce roll. Okay. Uh, I like that, huh? Okay. But here's the point. You look all around that table, and everybody had different tacos, but they were still tacos, and here's what I want to help you understand. Our prayers may look different. Some of us may pray, pray shorter. Some of us may pray longer. Some of our prayers may sound more formal. Some of our prayers may sound more casual. Some may pray in tongues. Some may, some may not pray in tongues. But here's the bottom line. All of our prayers, whether we're praying, uh, maybe we're under attack from the enemy. We're praying in warfare. Maybe we're praying for our kids. Maybe we're praying for our marriage. Maybe we're just praying and thanking God for what is going on in our life. They all look different, but they are all still prayer. And just like tacos, they are awesome, okay? So we need to be praying as the body of Christ. And here's what I want to help you understand Prayer is so powerful, and it is one of the greatest filters that we could ever have. This world that wants to fill us up with all the junk of our culture, prayer helps to purify our heart, our mind, and our spirit. It helps bring clarity into a situation whenever you have to make a decision, and you're like, I don't know what to do. You can pray about it and have a peace within your heart as to what your next steps are regarding whatever it is that you are facing. Here's what's really cool about prayer. It is our connection to God. And I want you to understand this. When you begin to think about prayer, that the creator of everything that has ever been wants to be able to connect in relationship with us, but he gives us this avenue, this means to be able to connect with him anytime, anywhere, for anything, then you begin to understand just how powerful prayer really is. Now, get this. Jesus understood how powerful it was to connect with his father. When he was here on this earth, his earthly ministry, he was praying all the time. And his disciples saw that there was something different in his prayer time. His disciples saw that the connection that he was able to enjoy with his father was powerful. So they went to him and they said, Jesus, hey, uh, like this prayer thing, you need to teach us how to do that. We want to experience prayer in the way that you experience prayer. We don't want it just to be a formal thing that we're going through reciting something. We want our prayer time to be a time where we really connect with a heavenly father. And so Jesus actually gave all of us a model as to how we pray. Now you might say, well, that was for the disciples. No, 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 no. It was for all of us within the body of Christ. 
And so now Matthew chapter 6 outlines this, and this is what's really cool. Because most people actually have this committed to memory. And here's what Jesus said. He said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Look at this next part. As we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I just got to tell you, there is a whole lot of stuff in that little passage of Scripture right there. You could unpack that passage of Scripture for quite some time. And today what we're going to do is we're really going to begin to unpack some ideas as to what is important to God when we pray. What really matters to Him? You know, we talk about prayer and, and, and the different faces of prayer, the different looks of prayer, but what really matters to God? What does He care about whenever we pray? You know, you know, is he really looking at the content of our prayers? Is he looking at the heart? Is he, you know, analyzing each word to make sure that it is proper? What really matters to God? So what I want to do today is I want to walk you through five things. Everybody hold up five fingers like this, wiggle them like this. I want to walk you through five things that matter to God. Whenever we are in that time of connecting with him in prayer, when we are utilizing this filter that he has given us to be able to filter our heart, our mind, our spirit, to purify, to not get caught up in, in this culture and let the things of the world infiltrate our life. And I know a lot of times people say, well, what, it's you know, no big deal. I can handle all that. But here's what happens. Whenever you don't have a filter, it starts off small and eventually it turns big within our life. You get caught up in something, you get caught up in sin, and the next thing you know, it started off small, and the next thing you know, it takes over your life, and it gets really big, and it overwhelms you. So these filters that God has for us really need to be something that we need to be utilizing, not just every day, but all day, every day, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Let's walk through this, what matters to God when we pray. And the very first thing that I would say that matters to God is my relationships. Everybody say, my relationships. Now... I get it. A lot of times you might have an idea of what really matters to God whenever we pray. And you say, well, why is this at the top of the list? I don't understand. Well, let me show you in Scripture, Mark chapter 11. It says this, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be what? Man, that's good stuff right there. Amen? I like that, Pastor Jay. That's good. That new hunting rifle, man, we, it's hunting season. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe, and it's going to be mine, okay? I stand in faith for that, okay? That, that new house, that new car, that new whatever, man, that scripture right there spells it out. I can pray, I can believe, and it's going to be mine, okay? But let's go to the next verse because the next verse there's kind of a footnote. If we're going to have successful prayers, if we're going to trust God with our kids, with our family, with our marriage, with everything that we have, we need to understand that there's a footnote to this. Look at this. It says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything, everybody say anything. Well, you don't know what they did to me, Pastor Jay. Anything, okay? Doesn't matter what it is. If you hold anything against anyone, look at that. What does that say? Forgive them. Hmm. Now it's getting down to where it should be. Look at the next part. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. 
Now, Pastor Jay, I'm not a complicated person, but that actually sounds like if I don't forgive somebody, it's going to hinder God's forgiveness to me. Am I hearing that the right way, Pastor Jay? Absolutely you are. If you want things to be hindered between you and God, then hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness within your heart. Now, here's what I want you to understand, because this is what happens every time. But you just don't know what they did to me. But God knows what they did to you. And God is saying, hey, give me that. That's not meant for you to carry. That's not meant for you to bear. Let, let me have that. Because if you try to carry that, if you try to handle that, it's going to eat you alive. And it's going to overwhelm you. You might say, no, that's not really that big a deal. I, I can handle this. But here's how I can prove to you that it's going to overwhelm you and eat you alive. Okay? If, in fact, there is something in your life that you are holding on to that you have not forgiven somebody for, you may have pushed it to the back of your mind, but it can be brought up rather easily and rather quickly. All I have to do is say, hey, what did that person do to you? Can you tell me the story as to what happened? And the next thing you know, your veins are like bulging in your neck. And you remember every little detail down to what you were wearing, they were wearing, what they said. And all of this kind of stuff. And you're getting worked up because that's still lurking in your heart. You haven't really forgiven that person, and you haven't really given that over to God. And the writer here is telling us, as Jesus is giving us instruction, he's saying, hey, you need to be able to forgive people, because if you don't, you're going to have issues in a relationship, you're going to have unforgiveness in your heart, and guess what? It actually can hinder your walk with God. And you need to understand, when we pray, our relationships matter to God. You say, well, what's the big deal? Well, Stacy and I raised three kids. And sometimes those kids would get into arguments. Have y'all's kids ever gotten into arguments before? I mean, some, they're adults now. Some, they still get into arguments now, okay? Because they're brothers. And brothers, sometimes they just argue about stuff. And I remember one time they were arguing about something and they'd kind of been ugly to each other. And I mean, they really got into it over whatever this was. Then they, they, they finished up the argument. Stacy and I kind of walked them through it and made them, you know, shake hands and forgive each other and move on. And when they finished up with it, they were like, well, okay, well, now they had something planned for that evening they were going to do with their friends. We were like, now, hold the phone, guys, because y'all been ugly to each other all day long. Y'all fought through this, argued through this, whatever you want to call it, you know, and now there's going to be consequences to your actions, so you're not going out with your friends tonight. You're not going to go do that. And this is what they said. That's not fair. Your, your kids do that too? That's not fair. And this is what came up in the conversation. Yes, it's fair. And yes, there are consequences. Because it matters to us how our kids treat each other. Right? It matters to God how we treat the people around us. And we need to understand that if we say, well, it's not a big deal. I'm going to hold on to this unforgiveness. It's not a big deal. I can handle it. It really matters to God how we treat the people that he has placed within our life. And it really matters to him whether or not we're going to be able to process that, move through that, forgive that person, and give it to him so that it can be placed, hear me on this, under the blood of Jesus. 
Because when things are under the blood of Jesus, they are forgotten, they are gone, they are not brought up again, except, except by one who is our spiritual enemy. And here's how you know that you've truly forgiven. Whenever something is put under the blood of Jesus and you have moved forward and the enemy comes and he reminds you of whatever that is, you might remember it, but you have to say, no, I, I've forgiven that. That's under the blood of Jesus. I'm moving forward. I'm not going backwards, okay? And if you've ever walked through this, you know exactly what that means. Because to go backwards would be to kind of go backwards and remember that, and think about it, get all mad about it. And then you got to go through the whole process of giving it to God again and putting it under the blood of Jesus, moving forward. And so you need to understand that the relationships that we have, they matter to God. And whether or not we're holding on to anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, all this kind of stuff, it really matters to God. In other words, the way we treat each other, it is important to God. He cares about that. And if you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, you know, we talk about prayer, but I don't really feel like my prayers are being answered. I don't understand why my prayers are not being answered. Here's what I would tell you. You need to search your heart. Is there unforgiveness in your heart? Is there something lurking in your heart that maybe you, you're aware of, but you're just holding on to it. Here's another thing. Are you at the place where there's an issue within your heart that you really need to deal with that is coming up? Maybe you feel like, well, you know, I, I have this going on in my life, and I ask God to forgive me, and I don't understand why this just keeps coming up. Is there unforgiveness or bitterness lurking in your heart, and you need to deal with those things within your life? Why? Because the way we treat people is important to God. Amen? So what matters to God? Our relationships matter to God. Here's the next one. Let's move on. My motives matter to God. Now you might say, well, okay, seriously back that up with scripture. Okay, James 4, 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with what? Wrong motives. Now, the motives that we have when we pray, they really do matter to God. And we need to get that through our heart. If we were honest in this room, and this is church. We're supposed to be honest. Probably all of us in this room have prayed for things with the wrong motive. I, I have. Anybody else? Raise your hand. There we go. All right. Don't leave me hanging out there, okay? <laughs> you might say, well, give me an example. Y'all remember whenever the lotto went up over a billion dollars? <laughs> People's prayer life went to a whole nother level, Okay. They were They're like, Lord, please, please, if you let me win this, you know, one point whatever billion dollars, I'll do good things, Lord. I, you know, I'm going to tithe off of it. I'm going to support missions. I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And Lord, I'm, I'm only going to buy a $100 million home, you know, and just the motives behind the prayer really matter to God. How about this? How about whenever, you may, maybe if you're here today and you're single and you say, Lord, let me meet this person or that person. Let me go out with this person or that person. What are the motives behind that? Because we need to make sure that our motives are right because motives really matter to God whenever we pray. Now, a lot of times we just kind of brush this stuff off to the side. We say, oh, it's not really that big of, big of a deal, but motives are important. I love this story. I, I know I've shared this with you guys before, but I love this little thing that I heard. This little fellow, he got in trouble with his mama. He was sitting at the dinner table, and he was kicking his sister underneath the table. And he's giving his sister the hardest time as he's sitting there. And, and the mama kept warning and said, you know, if you don't stop it, you're, you're going to go to bed with no dessert. 
He just he was good for a little while, but the next thing you know, he kicks his sister again. Sister yells out, Mom says, That's it. You get up, you go to bed, you're not getting any dessert. And he was upset about this because his mom had made a really nice homemade chocolate cake. Chocolate cake's good stuff, y'all. And so the little boy, he's laying in bed, he's kind of fuming, he's aggravated, but he knows because it's habit, he has to say his goodnight prayers. His mama comes in, pulls the blanket up, and he says his goodnight prayers, and this is what he said. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, God, please save me some of that chocolate cake. Okay? So. Now, I'm going to tell you. Maybe our prayers are not being answered because our motives behind those prayers aren't right. It's not pure. Maybe we're praying something for selfish gain and our motives are not right. Proverbs 16 says it like this. All a person's ways seem pure to them. But motives are weighed by the Lord. So what, what is the answer here, Pastor Jay? Maybe in our prayer time, we need to pray and ask the Lord to reveal to us our motives. Lord, show me. Is this right or is this wrong? Convict my heart about this, okay? If, if I'm praying something here that's out of line with what your word tells me, then Holy Spirit, convict me. Show me this, okay? But with that said, you got to be open to conviction, okay? Don't just pay God lip service. Don't be like, Lord, you know, convict me if this isn't right. Oh, I didn't feel anything. Okay, let me win the, you know, the lottery, okay? You know, here's the thing. We need to ask the Lord to weigh our motives and, and to give us direction. So our relationships matter to God. Our motives matter to God. Here we go. Our lifestyle matters to God. Now, this is huge. Here's what I want to ask you. When you think of a spiritual giant, who pops to your mind? Okay, somebody said it out loud. That's, that's what I was going to say, Billy Graham. Billy Graham is one of these guys that just, I mean, he's like a general of faith. He's went home to be with the Lord now. But, I mean, the guy, absolutely amazing. Did unbelievable things for the Lord. And I would think that Billy Graham's prayers were powerful. And here's the question I have for you. Do your prayers, do my prayers, are they as powerful as Billy Graham's? And everybody kind of like, whoa, hold up now. <laughs> What's the right answer here? If I say yes, am I a heretic? <laughs> if I say no, am I not praying prayers of faith? Well, here's the answer for it. All of our prayers have the same potential to be just as powerful. Scripture bears that out. But it also tells us that how we live affects the power of our prayers. You can't live like the world and live like the devil and expect your prayers to be answered. You can't live like the world and live like the devil and expect God to bless you. And here's what happens. So many times you think about this, a very simple way to put this, if your kids were disobedient, would you bless them? You wouldn't. I, I think back to a time, and this made such an impression on my life, was whenever Stacy and I lived actually in Crow, just outside of Lafayette. And Stacy had asked me to stop and get some milk, bread, whatever it was, on the way home from the office. And I did, and I'm in this grocery store, little bitty grocery store there in Crow, and an aisle over I hear this kid yelling and giving his mama the hardest time because he wanted something. And he's yelling at his mom, ah, ah, you know, doing what kids do. And I make the corner, and the mama makes eye contact with me, and she, you can see that look like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, 
I know what to do. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. She's shaking her head up here. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, I look at this mama and this little fella, he, he's, just, he's just going for it. He's screaming, I want, I want Oreos or whatever, cookies, a fruit by the foot, whatever it was. The mama's telling him, no, you're not getting that. You know, settle down. And eventually, as I'm making my way down the aisle, she's like, if you will be good, I will let you have it. And the little fellow was like, ah! and she said, sit down, be quiet. And she handed it to him. And I'm like, that's a bad move right there. Because you just taught your kid, if he's bad long enough, he's going to get exactly what he wants. If I scream loud enough and I'm, I'm ugly enough, I'm going to get exactly what I want. But I'm going to tell you something. That might work with a mom in a grocery store, but that don't work with God. The opposite is true. You pursue a lifestyle of sin. You pursue the things of this world. You live however you want, but God's not going to bless you. And here's the thing. The opposite of blessings are what is true. What are the opposite of blessings? Curses. We don't want to bring curses on our life, do we? But if we pursue the things of this world, that is exactly what happens. It opens the door for the enemy to come in and destroy us and to mess up our life. So our lifestyle matters to God. And scripture shows us that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Now get this. When a person, when you hear the, the, the word righteous, a lot of times you think, well, does, I mean, people say this to me all the time. Well, I, I, I love Jesus and I'm living for Jesus, but I'm not perfect. And guess what? Nobody in this room is perfect, okay? We've all messed up. I've been saved walking with Jesus for 29 years. And in 29 years, I've only been perfect probably for like the first three minutes, okay? We, we mess up. But here's what I'm going to tell you. God's grace is an amazing thing. We walk in that grace, but we don't trample God's grace, Okay? We don't use God's grace as an excuse to say, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this in sin because I know that God's going to forgive me anyway. That is trampling the grace of God. We have a heart to pursue the Lord, to grow in our relationship with God. And our lifestyle, the way that we live, it really matters to God. And so a righteous person is one who is in right standing with God. Jesus is Lord and King and Savior of our lives. But we are walking and growing in relationship with God. And this is what happens when we pray as righteous people. It says, Proverbs 15, 29, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Ones of us who are walking in relationship with God, he hears our prayers. Our prayers can be powerful and effective. How? When our lifestyle is growing and, and lined up with God's word. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but we're walking in God's grace and we are pursuing him and growing in him on a daily and consistent basis. Amen? So lifestyle, motives, relationship. What else is important to God? Here we go. How about my faith? My faith is important to God. James 1.6, it says it this way. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You can't get any plainer in Scripture than that right there. We have to have faith. Now, somebody would say, well, what is faith? At its rawest form, what is faith? Trust. It is trusting God. It is believing Him at His word. And here's what God seems to really respond to is simple childlike 
faith. You remember when you first got born again, you first got saved, you first surrendered your life to Jesus, and you had that simple childlike faith? And you said, well, God's word says this, so I'm going to trust God for this. My marriage has fallen apart, and God said that he is for marriage, and God said that he's for restoration, so I'm going to trust God for my marriage. Simple childlike faith. My kids are making all these bad decisions, and I'm going to trust God for my kids and for their salvation. And you had that simple childlike faith, and the next thing you know, God moved in that moment. But here's what happens. The longer that we are a believer... It seems as though it gets easier and easier to doubt. Now, you would think that the opposite of that is true. But here's what happens. We, we, we kind of grew up in our faith. We have the word in our heart. And sometimes what happens is we begin to, instead of walking in faith, we begin to live our lives by, by a kind of a rational thinking. Well, I know that God's word says this, but I look around and I see this over here. And maybe... I trust God, I trust his word, but that doubt creeps in. And slowly but surely we begin to believe what doubt says instead of what faith says. Okay? We've we got to get the balance of that. We've got to push doubt down and let faith continue to grow in our life. Because faith is simply trusting in God. And guess what? The longer we walk with God, the more we should trust God. Amen? And we've got to quit listening to the lies of the enemy. We've got to let the filter of prayer be in our life on a consistent daily basis so that our faith is growing. Not doubt, but our faith is growing. And we're trusting God more and more each and every day because God responds to faith. And when we pray, our faith really matters to him. There's a story in Scripture about two guys. They were blind. And they asked Jesus to heal them. And Jesus responded to them because of their simple, childlike faith. The story is recorded in Matthew chapter 9. It says this, in that moment, it says, Then he touched their eyes and said this, According to your, what's the word? Your faith. You, you trusted me. According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. We need to be a people of faith, trusting in God, not following after doubt, not following after what would be maybe a, a, a rational thinking that says, well, I know God's word says this, but, well, let's say this. God's word says this, so I trust him and I'm growing in him, okay? And my faith is growing on a continual basis. So my faith, my lifestyle, my motives, my relationships, what else matters to God? His will matters. God's will matters whenever I'm praying. Because here's the thing, there's a lot of requests that we have of God but get this, God knows better than we do. do now, do we really believe that? Because we, we think we know pretty, pretty good for our lives. Would you all agree with that? We do. I think I know what, what's best for me. You may know what's best for you, but God knows what's better for you. Okay? And I know that so many times we say, but I want this. But here's the thing. If God allowed that into our life, would it be better for us or would it wreck us? Okay? First John chapter 5. It says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask God anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Get this. God's ways are higher than ours. God's thoughts are higher than ours. 
And his will matters more than what we simply want. His will matters more than our our want list, our Christmas list that maybe we go to him with. What matters to him most is our relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And it comes down to this. Do we know Jesus or do we know about Jesus? We live in a culture, we live in a day and age where everybody knows about God. Everybody's going to heaven. We live in a culture, we live in a day and age where everybody uh, knows Jesus. Or let me rephrase that, knows about Jesus. But scripture is clear, the only way to heaven is to know Jesus. To let him be Lord and master of our life. To let him change us and transform us from the inside out. Not to merely have the appearance of Christianity, but to be living and pursuing God and growing every day in that relationship. Once again, not, uh, not to be somebody who, who is perfect because we mess up, but to be pursuing him day after day and allowing him to change us. You see, John 9, 31 says this, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he listens to the godly person who does his will. In other words, as we are growing in our relationship with God, he hears us. And he does things within our life as they line up according to his will. And so the question I have for you today is this. We talk about filters. We talk about prayer. We talk about growing. But do you know Jesus? And so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And in regards to prayer... Think about your motives. Think about your lifestyle. Think about your faith. Is your faith growing? Do you trust God? Think about your relationships. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Something you're holding on to. If you have that spring up in your heart, Pastor, you just don't know what they did to me, then that's a pretty good indicator. Because a lot of times we don't forgive people because we say, well, I don't want to let them off the hook. But hear me on this. You're not, you're not letting them off the hook. You're letting yourself off the hook. Okay? You're giving it over to God. And today it starts with surrender to Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Have you trusted him with your life? Have you placed your faith in him? Now, somebody might say, well, what is the necessity of this? Well, here's the necessity. I don't care who you are, all of us, myself included, we are all born as sinners. We have a sin nature. And there has to be a price that's paid for sin, and Jesus paid the price at the cross. He went to the cross, and he gave his life so that our sin could be paid for. And it's up to us at this point to say, to realize that what Jesus did at the cross paid the price for our sin. And when we receive by faith, Jesus, I trust you and surrender everything to him, then we choose to step into the family of God. A relationship is formed at that moment. You are transformed. The Bible calls it being born again. You are transformed from the inside out into a new person. And maybe today as you sit here, you would say, well, Pastor I've never taken that step. I thought I could just get into heaven by being a good person or by having the appearance of being religious. And the answer to that is, is no. It's only found in Jesus. And so today, maybe as you sit here, you would say, well, Pastor, I'm ready to take that step to give my heart to Christ, to trust 
him, to place my faith in him, or maybe to renew your commitment to Christ. You might be sitting here saying, well, I had a relationship with Christ, but, but my heart has wandered from God and I'm, I'm far from him. And today I recognize my need to renew my commitment to Christ and to, to get my heart right with him all over again. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you. And today, if you would say, I wanna be a part of that prayer, then wherever you are in this room today, let me see your hand. If that's you, let me see your hand. I see you right here. I see you in the back, right over here. I see you back here, right here. Right here, over here. Awesome. And for those of you who raise your hand, we talk about how powerful prayer is. We're connecting to God in prayer. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And in this prayer, you're going to connect with God. And as you pray this prayer, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to give you the words, but this is your prayer. But you just open up your heart and give him everything that you are. Church, let's pray this prayer with these ones who raise their hands. Pray this with me. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me and paid the price for my sin. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Jesus, I trust you. Today I ask for your forgiveness. I've sinned, I've messed up. And today through your precious blood, make me brand new. Transform me from the inside out. Today I surrender to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to come live in my heart. Today, be my Savior. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, every eye still closed in this room. Nobody looking around. But if you can honestly say, Pastor, I hear you talk about lifestyle. Maybe you're here and that rings within your heart because there's sin. There's things that, you, that you've done or, or may currently be doing that you need to repent of. I'm not saying apologize. I'm saying repent. That is to turn away from that. Maybe your motives. Maybe your prayer time is like a, a Christmas, Christmas wish list. And I'm just going to tell you, God's not a cosmic Santa Claus, okay? You need to become more intimate, more personal in your prayer time. And just share with God the things that are going on in your heart, in your life. Maybe your relationships. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe your faith. Maybe you've kind of gotten stagnant in it and you really need to grow in your faith. And maybe in your prayer time, we talk about God's will. Your prayer time needs to change to where you're praying, God, uh, this is what I'm asking, but I want that only if it falls within your will. And here's what you need to pray, that you would ask that your will is transformed to be what God's will is. Now, question, with every eye closed, if you would say, Pastor, at least one of those things you talked about, I need to grow in that area. Raise your hand. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Everybody in this room, stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray over you. And we're going to come into agreement today as the body of Christ, as the church, that God is growing us. So let's pray. Father, you're good. Your word is so powerful. And today as we look into your word regarding prayer, our heart's desire as the church, the body of Christ, is to grow in that connection with you. To genuinely let our prayer time be a filter for our spirit, our heart, our mind, every part of us, Lord God. 
that it would filter out the junk that culture tries to pour into us. And Father, I thank you that today we'd lay sins down, we'd repent of those things and walk away from them. And we'd be a people that forgive, Lord God, and we're able to place those offenses, those hurts under the blood of Jesus. That Father, our motives would be right. Not to self-benefit, Lord God, but really to have a heart to build your kingdom, Lord God. And that our will be shaped and transformed into what your will is, Lord God. And Father, I pray that our faith is growing. We're not staying where we are. We're not, we're not growing stagnant, but we're moving forward in our walk with you. Growing, growing, growing. Everybody say growing. We're growing in our walk with you. And Father, we thank you for this, that Lord, as we go through this time of studying the fundamentals of the faith, that Lord God, we are moving forward and allowing this to be a good filter for our lives. We love you today. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, let's everybody say together. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Now, I want to ask you to do this before anybody leaves. Uh, there are some of you in this room, you raised your hand to give your heart to Christ. And, and this is very important, so don't miss this. If you raised your hand, you prayed that prayer, take a Connect card and fill it out. And you can drop it at the Welcome Center. We're going to contact you this week. But what I'd rather you do is our prayer team is going to start making their way here to the front in our altar area. And uh, I, I really wish you'd bring that card up and let one of our prayer team pray with you and encourage you and talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. Church, hear me on this, okay? So many times we come in with things weighing heavy on our heart and we write out a prayer card, drop it in the offering, and that's good because our prayer team is going to pray over it throughout the week. But it is so much more powerful to have somebody grab hold of your hands and encourage you and pray over whatever that need is within your life. This team has been praying for you all week long, and they are here for you. So I get it. There's the rush to get to lunch. There's the rush to get the kids. But don't leave things that need to be prayed over unaccounted for today, okay? And so if you need prayer for anything at all, our prayer team is here for you. They love you. Every Sunday, they're here to pray with you. So as we leave out of here today, here's what I want you to remember, okay? Next Sunday, be back. But don't ever forget this. We don't just go to church. Now let's go live it, amen? Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.